Hi, my name's Rose and welcome to my podcast, An Inside Job. This is a podcast where I share my journey with you and some aha moments that I have learned along the way. I'm the author of An Inside Job, a practical guide to finding your true self. I'm a life changer and a mentor, helping you to see your way through to freedom. A special thank you to my Patreons that support me in creating and producing this podcast. I'd love it if you can join me at patreon.com backslash rosemonaco. This is a special guest episode where I share with you someone that has influenced my journey and taught me something valuable to help me see life with more clarity. When you're willing to change, the teacher always appears. Your life is an inside job after all. No one can do this for you, but you. So are you ready? Kindness is described as being friendly, generous and considerate. It's where we express care and concern for ourselves and others. Kindness may be shown as a reassuring hug, a supportive smile and a helping hand when we need it the most and when we least expect it. When we do acts of kindness, it may help someone feel like someone cares. Sometimes that one act that you may do may be that glimpse of hope that another soul may need just to hang on and believe in humanity. When we are kind, it doesn't just fill someone else's soul. There's a part of us inside that is filled too. It grows trust within them and in us. Try it. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of sharing with you Naomi Lambert, a beautiful woman that is a wonderful advocate of kindness and is the founder of the Cool To Be Kind Project. Hello and welcome, Naomi. Hi, Rose. Thank you for having me. It absolutely is my pleasure. For all our listeners that don't know who you are and what amazing work you have done, share a little bit about the Cool To Be Kind project. Of course. How long have you got? Um, (laughs) I know we'll cover quite a lot of this, but in a nutshell, I had to have a hysterectomy in 2015 and all I have ever wanted is to be a mum. You know, when you just have this end goal in life or when you're younger, you can imagine what life is going to be like. And it always had children in it for me. So this definitely changed the trajectory of where my life was going and had to quickly deal with early onset menopause, which came, you know, an hour after I'd got out of surgery, the recovery. And it was at a time when all my friends were having children and, you know, it gets plastered on social media. So it was really for a good couple of years, it was like, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? What is my purpose? I didn't have a purpose anymore. And I was at the shops one day and I saw an old lady get knocked over and nobody stopped to help her. And I'm not saying that nobody stopped to help her. Nobody even it seemed to me no one even acknowledged that it had happened. And I was instantly really angry with the world. And I don't get angry, but I was like, how can I not be in a position where I can teach a child, you know, no right from wrong to actually just stop and help? You know, it doesn't take too much out of our day. So I actually decided to challenge people in my hometown. We're in Perth to do something kind and I did this by hiding 50 kindness cards around I had no expectation that I'd get a response so I didn't tell anybody that I was doing it 
I got 32 emails back from people who had found one of these cards and paid it forward and decided to do something kind off the back of finding one of these cards. And, you know, I was over the moon when I got the first one back. So when I got 32 back, it was like, hang on a second. You know what? Being a mum doesn't define me. It doesn't define us. I still have gifts that I can offer the world. We need more kindness. And I founded the Call to Be Kind project. And it's been going since twenty end of 2017, 2018 now. And I am so blessed to be in the position that I am in. I have sent over 10,000 kindness cards around the world. I've had emails from people that have found them in cafes in Arizona and Thailand and Brazil, just really all over the world. And every time I get to share my story or I get an email, it just really, I realise that I'm exactly where I need to be right now. Absolutely. And I remember I just phoned up my mum and I burst into tears and I apologised to her because she always said, life isn't how, you know, you don't have to go to uni, get married, have children like this. There is a path for you. And I was always like, no, if I can't do this, you know, I was just, and I remember phoning up and just saying, I'm really sorry and starting to cry and just saying, I found my reason and I should have trusted you. I'm thinking about how awesome it would have been to receive one of those notes. You know, it was actually beautiful to even hide them. You know, there was something like I was just leaving a little piece of something somewhere, like it was really mysterious. And there were times when I was like, I hope no one's watching me or, you know, am I doing something wrong by doing this? But there was just something. So it was kind of like a little challenge to myself. In the, and maybe yeah. that's what it was at the start. You know, I'm going to, if I do this, then maybe the world is a, still a good place kind of thing. Like I do selfishly yeah. think there was a little bit of that in it, but everything changed with the first response, the second response, the 32nd response. Yeah, that's yeah. when you know I have done yeah. something good. Naomi, I read something that you wrote and I wanted to share it with our listeners. I don't believe in coincidences believing instead that everything happens for a reason. This belief reminds me that I am solely responsible of my own life. Whatever happens, I will learn, I will thrive. I love that. Can you share with us, Naomi, where that came from? I, when I think about it, I actually shouldn't be here with the number of health issues that I've had with the hysterectomy and complications after that. Like I I shouldn't be here. So there's something, there's a motto or a quote from Rumi which says, live life as if everything is rigged in your favour. And if I look back at the hardest point in my life now, there's so many pivotal moments where I could have just given up. But for some reason, I didn't. And I am thriving now. You know, I can look back at things that happened and go, oh, now in hindsight, now I can see it's given me so much empathy and to be able to relate to people on so many levels when you go through tough things you learn you experience you grow you kind of put it to the back of your mind but it is always there and I think to me it just becomes a package so it's like my own toolbox but it's just giving me everything that's gone wrong everything that's gone right has led me to this moment yeah and I have to say you are meant to be here because no matter what happens and we look at those moments and that was when we decided that staying was going to be worth it. 
And now when we look back, we can see this is everything we would have missed. And that's why I relate so much to that. Kindness is something everybody can have and does have. It's an innate human quality. And I don't think what's happened in the last two years is, you know, suddenly everyone's discovered it again. It's there. You can do it the whole time. Smile at someone. You've done your act of kindness for a day. And I guarantee it will make you feel better. Oh, absolutely. We think that an act of kindness has to be big and visual, but sometimes it can be so small and it can really mean something to someone. So what kind of things do you think we need more of, Naomi? Well, you know, you're saying about it being really simple. One of the, uh, there are a couple of responses that I got that I like to share. So one of them was from a gentleman who worked corporate and he didn't go to his Christmas party. Instead, he took a homeless guy who he'd acknowledged every day for however long out to a five-star restaurant for lunch to celebrate Christmas. Now, can you imagine if you are this homeless gentleman and having that? So that is a big gesture. I also got one which really said, I wash mum's car without her asking. She was stoked. To me, that is a young child that has washed the car. However, it's two different extremes, but this is what I was dealing with. This is what was showing me that it is still there. And there are times that I'm like, but I shouldn't need to hide cards for people to do things like this. And then I'm like, well, if this is what is going to trigger people to be kind, then I'm in the right place. I'm going to keep doing it. If finding a card is what people need to do something like that, then I am here for that. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be anything big or anything small. It just has to be, doesn't it? Sometimes we're confronted with big situations and challenges that immobilize us. I know that you've had your story, Naomi, and how one small spider bite changed your life and flipped it upside down. I'd really love for you to share that story with our listeners. And I love the way you say that, something so small, because it is something so small. It was a spider. (laughs) So for anyone who's not in Australia, we get some scary objects. And the disclaimer is that I'm I'm all right and not everything's really bad, but Um, I did get bitten by a spider in 2008, a whitetail spider on my foot. I was in hospital for a good couple of weeks on antibiotics. Then they had to operate. And pretty soon after they operated, I started to lose feeling in my body. You know, everything felt really, really heavy, but it was put down to the fact that I'd been in bed for three weeks because I'd been in hospital for so long. I don't really share this bit very much, but I was, it was a Sunday afternoon and mum was at the hospital with me and I was really quite agitated. And I remember I had this overwhelming feeling that I needed the rest of my family to come in. I remember vaguely that my sister had been away and my brother's a lot younger than me, but they did all come in. And when it was time to leave, mum was like, I'm just going to stay here. You haven't slept. I just want to let me get up on the bed with you. And I said goodbye to my brother, my sister and my dad. And it was just a sense of everything's going to be okay kind of thing. And mum got up on the bed and she was reading a book and I fell asleep. And she remembers why she tells it that she started counting the number of her breaths and I would only be having less breaths a minute. And it got to the point where I was taking one breath every minute. And mum was like, no, something's really, really wrong here. And then I stopped breathing. If mum hadn't been there, I wouldn't be here. I was in intensive care on a ventilator minutes later. And I didn't get off the ventilator for a while. And I was paralysed. So head to toe paralysed. Yeah. 
and I, with something called Guillain-Barre syndrome, so it just paralyzes your immune system. So everybody was like, you will get better, but we don't really know when you'll get better. It was pretty rare back then. Being in intensive care when you cannot move and you can't do anything for yourself, it was as if I was having a panic attack every minute. I couldn't communicate it. I remember it so, so clearly. I remember there was a doctor that I heard him say to mum and dad, she might not walk again. He didn't come into my room again. And it was at that point that I was like, I will walk again. I am young. I will walk again. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. I went from a ventilator to having to breathe by myself again, not being able to do anything, to being in a wheelchair, to going to rehab for months, to having the house modified for when I got home. And the only thing I can't do now is jump. And I'm all right with that. I have come such a long way. And going through it was a nightmare. It really, really was. But I would not change a second of it, you know. And this is coming back to the being able to thrive because stuff is really, really tough when you're going through it, but it teaches us all something. And I had been out of hospital for a matter of weeks when I met my now husband. We were at a sporting event in Adelaide. He'd flown over from Perth and I met him. The next weekend, I got on a plane to come to Perth to see him. And by the July, I was living here. I was engaged in September, married the year after, and that was 10 years ago. Whole life changed. Whole life changed. And I always said to mum, I need to find this man and I'm never going to find someone and I'm never going to get married. And then suddenly he was there. And he is me. I just look at him and everything is all right you know life is life is funny rose you decided to live that's what it was and as soon as you decided to live life gave you all the reasons to do it yep no i i get that we decide we are going to live we are going to thrive we are given the reasons to do that it's actually seeing it i think it's subconscious a lot of the time it's a subconscious thing as well like it there's something that goes yeah I can get through it but you don't always know it yeah but isn't it beautiful when you can actually step back and see it yeah yeah if you had to think of the biggest influence that has helped you in your life who would it be princess Diana Ah. (laughs) because I met her when I was younger my mum A lot because she never gave up on me and she has spent so many, and it's kind of cliche to say that, but she has never not been there. And we have fought and we are so similar and we clash, but we also just have this thing, like we can finish each other's sentences and would never miss a doctor's appointment. And my family have been through this journey as well. Yeah, but that's because they love you, Naomi. My parents had to sit there when they knew that all I wanted was to have children. You know, they had to wipe the tears. So many people have influenced me and they do every day. Heidi, for example, that we met through the course, you know, she influences me, you influence me. I just get it from everywhere, but deep down would be just mum with just her morals and how she will just do anything for anyone. Like I think a lot of what I do, I get from 
from her. I was going to say, I think a chip off yeah. the old block yeah. right there. But then she <laughs> yeah. turns around and she'll phone me up when she's done something kind and she'll be like, oh, I did this today. And, you know, I love, I love to think that even really, really kind people think they can be kinder. And that is because you also inspire her. I've got that connection with my daughter and I'm always proud of her. And I think there's something special and she just does it because that is where she feels the most connected mm. to you. And you've also had the, the whole journey with infertility and that was a big journey. I'm seeing that firsthand in my family that would have been a really big struggle for you. It's a very, very, very tough journey. Yeah. You feel very alone because I don't think it's spoken about enough. No. You're not alone. You know, your husband or your partner is going through it and it's really, really a tough journey. And I think at the end of the day with me, the decision to have the hysterectomy was taken out of my hands. It was that or not be around for much longer. So I'm kind of glad that I didn't have to make that decision but I just my heart goes out to anyone who is going through it and please reach out because I will just do anything to make it better yeah hard because when you you want to fix it you want to make it easier for the other person and then when you can't it's also hard not to be able to help and you feel like you failed as well because it's the most natural thing in the world to have a baby yeah you know it's why it's I think it's what we're meant to do. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if we're human animals, but to procreate. And when that's so, it's like I failed because I can't do this one thing. Like it can't. Be. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're changing people's lives and changing their perspective. Yeah. When they think of you, they think of kindness. You've written a book called One Kind Day. Tell us a little bit about that. I know it's very colourful and I've seen lots of kids reading it. It is very colourful. I'm all for the rainbows, the colourful girl. When this all started, it was around the same time when a 14-year-old committed suicide here in Australia because of cyberbullying and she never leaves my mind. Everything I do, I always think I'm doing this for you, Dolly. It's unfathomable to me that someone so young can be in so much pain to end their life. I've always wanted to do something with children and then a couple of years ago, my father-in-law passed away from motor neuron disease and... That night I started writing and by the morning I had this children's book that I was kind of pretty proud of. Did what I always do, that send it to a few publishers, see what happens and I got an email back saying we love it <laughs> and picked it up. So the whole process kind of started from there and it kind of walks you through kindness in poetry and how the knock-on effect things that you can do but I've included the space at the back for kindness cards so the kids can color them cut them out you know give them to friends hide them because I think kids need something tangible to learn about concept it's not yeah. just words they can write in the back kind things that they did they can yeah. take the kindness cards give them to a friend if they're having a bad day I just love the fact that my friends are showing me photos of their kids reading it. Yeah, it's very special. Well, my grandson's three 
and my granddaughter's about to turn two, so I can see a Christmas present and they love books. People have said to me, so what age is it for? And well, it is a children's book, but you know what? The parents probably need it too. I don't think there is an age limit to this because the parents can read it with their children and kindness doesn't have limitations, so any age. Absolutely. 16 is a really difficult and influential time in life. So knowing what you know now, if you could get some advice to your 16-year-old self, what would it have been? That life is now. Yeah. And that's so simple, isn't life. it? Life is now. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I love to write and blog posts and I like to take like three-word phrases and write about them. So life is now, time heals wounds. But I do think we need to be more present. Yes. Because we're missing the good bits and anything the last 18 months has shown us that. Yes. You've been everywhere. I've seen you on Mamma Mia stories on the project doing amazing things. Oh, you have to share with everyone what you did at Christmas time. I loved what you did at Christmas time. I always like to think outside the box with ideas. I was going for a community kindness mailbox up in my garden because I just, we'd had a lot of things go on last year and we're not in a bad community, but there'd been some things that had happened. But then there's a house down the road. Our neighbours do really epic Christmas lights. And I didn't know who lived at the house, so I put a message out on Facebook Messenger group and just said, does anyone know who lives at the address? And they came back to me and I said, well, you do the lights. If I give you a mailbox, will you be able to incorporate it? And then we can have it as a place where kids can come and give Christmas cards or recognise someone in the neighbourhood who'd done something kind over the the past year just let them reflect draw pictures enjoy the lights and they said yeah 100% we're in so yeah we did that the primary school got hold of it and the year ones ended up writing Christmas cards to elderly people and I took them to one of the aged care homes near here and they all ended up opening them and reading them on Christmas morning yeah and it was just so special to think of them all sitting with their teas in their chairs, dressing gowns, reading these cards from year one saying Merry Christmas. It was so much fun. I just love that, Naomi. You have got such a big heart. I just love everything you do. Every time you share something with me, I just think, wow, you make me want to keep doing the work I do as well. And that's what we need more of. Like that rainbow that's at the front of your book, that's you. Just love what you do. And I'll never let you not do what you're doing now. So you're stuck with me. I love it. (laughs) I think we're both stuck with each other now. There's just such a draw to you. And I think we need so much more of that in this world. And I really wanted to highlight you because we need people like you. So there's such a big reason why you're here and I want everybody to know it. What's a good way for our followers to find you? Instagram or website. So the Instagram, I'm on there a lot and it's just the Call to Be Kind Project and the website is thecalltobekindproject.org. Fantastic. So any of those ways. We will have a write-up on this podcast as well so people can find links as well. Naomi Lambert, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I absolutely loved it. Likewise, thank you for having me. Well, I hope you all enjoyed my chat with Naomi Lambert. She was such a pleasure to talk to. 
In the next episode will be the questions and answers podcast where I will answer any of your questions that you may have about the podcast so far. So make sure to send your questions by emailing info at rosemonaco.com or you can just click on my website on this podcast www.rosemonaco.com and find a link there to contact me. Season three is going to be interesting. This is where I'm going to delve into all that's psychic and spiritual. You can call it the woohoo or the airy fairy, but this is a really big part of me and who I am. And it's a big part of my life and I can't wait to share this with you. I will be talking angels, tarot, mediums, oracle, healings. You're going to hear about all sorts of healings, including shamanic, Reiki and so much more. So if you have ever wondered if you are psychic, well, I have got some awesome information for you as well as some amazing guests that are coming. So you better make sure you subscribe and listen. You're going to love the next season. If you are on my Patreon, you will see that I'm also a tarot master. I even designed my own tarot deck. I do free live readings every week, cards of the day and week. And I have some meditations and classes going up soon. If you would like to be a part of my Patreon and support me to bring you these podcasts, tarot readings and life strengthening information, support me on Patreon at patreon.com backslash rosemonaco or find all the information on my website. I look forward to joining you next episode when we answer some questions. So take care, everyone, and stay safe. See you later. If you would like to support me to bring you this podcast, join me on Patreon at patreon.com backslash rosemonaco. This helps me to create and produce this for you. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please leave a review. I would love to hear what you think. You can email me or any questions to info at rosemonaco.com. My book, An Inside Job, A Practical Guide to Finding Your True Self, can be found on all online stores. You can find me on my website at rosemonaco.com. You can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram as rosemonacoofficial. Or you can also find me on Facebook on Rose Monaco Believe the Best is Yet to Come. I look forward to connecting with you next time.